So it brings more spirit into the practical and it brings, brings more practical into the spirit where they can communicate a little more easily. I think it's also going to challenge all of us to value those things that help us feel connected to spirit. I think a lot of us are feeling, whether it be, yeah, revisiting lessons or just like processing a lot of emotion as we kind of honor what just happened <laughs> the last three years, which has been huge. It's been hard. It's been scary. I think the thing with Saturn is probably one of the first things you'll get confronted with in astrology journey is Saturn. <laughs> I feel like it's one of the first things that just it will jump out. There's this whole idea of Saturn return. And I've been fascinated by this idea of this punishing father figure, because that's often how initially it'll just kind of hit you. It's like, okay, there's this energy. It's just going to come around. It's going to kick your ass. It's going to strip everything away. It's kind of going to like slap you in the face and tell you what you can't be doing anymore. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Following the Spark podcast. I am your host, Amelia Rose, and I know it's been a while since January that I've posted an episode, but was just taking a quick little break to come back to myself, come back home to myself. That's kind of been a theme of mine the past couple of months. So this intro is going to be short and sweet because I would like to go ahead and get started with this episode. I think there's just so much information in it that I literally keep like listening to it over and over again too and like hear something different each time. My guest this episode is Sarah Verba. It's probably why I keep listening to it over and over again because she just has this way of words where I'm like, okay, each time I listen, I hear something different, I understand something differently, so I love it. I first found Sarah on YouTube during my astrology journey and I just love the way that she talks about astrology and that she explains things and sees things from a different perspective. Uh, you'll just have to watch this, I mean, listen to this episode for yourself to understand what I'm talking about. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things, all things astrology, and we kind of start off with talking about and explaining astrology for people who may not be as into it and who may not be as familiar with it. One thing I like to do on this podcast is really explain things because I find that I often will just go down rabbit holes of talking about things and other people are like, literally, what are you even talking about? So we start with the basics and explain through things. So if you're a beginner to astrology and a lot of the stuff in the intro wasn't making sense to you, then this episode is perfect because we really go in and I try to make it as beginner friendly as I can. And then we go in and we talk about something that Sarah is extremely passionate about, which is Saturn leaving Aquarius after three years, I think, and going into Pisces. This is happening March 7th at exactly 7.35 a.m. Central Standard Time. And I'm already feeling this. Right now, it's March 3rd, so this will be posted on March 3rd, but I'm really feeling this already, and I'm feeling this kind of summary of the lessons that Aquarius has been teaching me, Aquarius and Saturn has been teaching me, and just finding a lot of lessons around Saturn and feeling that that discipline and responsibility and like call to action but instead of responding to that with discipline that Sarah talks about that like that father figure discipline and kind of like meanness towards myself I'm learning to choose to accept my mistakes with compassion and just I feel like I'm on this big lesson of can I sit with my messy humanness with love and compassion uh, and that's that's always a journey. So yeah, I would love to get started with this episode because it's so potent. So much information is in this. And thanks to Sarah Verba for being on this episode. And as usual, grab your coffee, your tea, your smoothie, your water, your juice. I feel like I add a different drink in every single time. <laughs> but yeah, grab your coffee, your tea, your smoothie, your water, your juice. And let's get started. Sarah, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. It's 
such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It's always so inspiring. People just go for it and create the thing that they want to create. So yeah, thank you for having me. Yes. So before we get started, would you mind giving me a brief background about who you are and what it is you do? Ooh, getting right in there. Like <laughs> here's my elevator pitch. <laughs> um, yeah. So I am an intuitive astrologer, tarot reader. Um, I have a background with a master's in history. And then somehow through the winding path of my life, I ended up doing a lot more work with archetypes and tarot and astrology and eventually started sharing that work on YouTube. And so over the last six years, that has really been my passion project. And uh, what I've been up to is sharing that information on YouTube and having a lot of fun. And I think probably my, what I really value in that work is bringing in the softness, bringing in the intuition and not being so much about the hard and fast rules about what everything means. So working on retelling story and exploring why we tell stories a certain way. So yeah. Oh, I love that so much. I found you through YouTube. And I remember when I first found your video, I was like, this is a lot different than the other way people talk about astrology. And I resonated so much because you explain the archetypes, like the, the mainstream archetypes of how some signs are, you know, people, the, the what's the word? Um, uh, not archetype, but like, it's the, it's what people see the signs as. Oh yeah. Stereotypes. Yeah. yeah. Stereotype. Thank you so much. Archetype, stereotype. Um, and then you explain that, but then you say, but this is like a different way to see it. And I love that so much because I'm a Capricorn and I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes about Capricorns and the way you talk about Capricorn, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Capricorns get teased a lot, don't they? <laughs> they do. but, uh, anyways, I love the way that, that you retell and kind of shift the story and see things differently. Um, and I also love that you add tarot into things. Have you always kind of combined the two? Like, did that start through YouTube? Like, how did that how did that journey go for you? Yeah, I think I always did kind of combine them. I think a lot of people, it, it works very well together. They're very much kind of tied together in a way. It's kind of hard to almost extricate them. But yeah, I think that just developed really naturally. And there's a really natural, I think, developed branch of wisdom around the combination of those two mm. so and I think they really complement each other because tarot has such a fluidity to it it's all about your intuition and like kind of tapping into your subconscious and then applying that to astrology which can sometimes feel a little stricter uh, I think really opens it up a little bit so yeah I think it's a really great combo mm, that's beautiful and then what inspired you to approach astrology from a more like soft perspective like did you have your own experience with like what in the world is all these stereotypes for or mm. like what, what brought that up for you yeah I think it's when you get deep into the whatever work you're doing like when I started to really do this work which I've been doing this type of work for over 10 years and then over the last six years I've been doing it on YouTube but as I continued to work with it, I started to see certain things in the people I would work with, um, things in myself as I grew and matured, where I realized that there was something a little off <laughs> with holding so tight to these stories or something missing I was really longing to see more of, and that I was also starting to just feel bubbling out of me. And um I think just as I've gotten like older and moved through some of the harder things in life, just the places of nuance and like loss and confusion and where we don't feel like just these bright, crisp beings here out there on the leading edge feeling chill. I think there was this longing for something deeper to hold me and to hold the people I was working with. And it just kind of developed from that longing for something deeper and truer that could hold all of it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. That means also, so seen by your, by your YouTube videos and what inspired you to start making YouTube videos? That is a fun story. Um, because 
at that point, I was working as a library scientist. I was just like, I was in the collection management field. So, which was awesome, by the way, I loved it because my coworkers were all, you know, these amazing women who love to read and think about ideas. And I got to work in the back playing with books. So I'm doing that, but I was doing this other work on the side and I was doing a lot of meditating and just like hiking around the mountains. And I just was getting these like really intense, like, just do it. <laughs> just put a video out there like probably no one will watch it so you don't have to really take it very seriously but just like put it out there and see what happens and so I'm like all right I'll do it it just felt like this really strong calling though it was very strange and so I did it thinking well like two people are going to watch this and I'll just move on with my life and it just kind of picked up momentum and suddenly people were interested in listening to kind of my perspective and yeah took off from there so yeah that's so cool that's something I talk a lot about on this podcast is like that following the calling like following the spark you right know? even if it seems like what in the like no like I don't I've never done this before like following that and trusting that so that's awesome that that's part of your story yeah and at the time too like I had just been through a really rough breakup with a long-term partner and I think I was really getting back in touch with like who I really was and what really mattered to me and it was just this very magical time of like loss and reconnection that was going on simultaneously um yeah that's awesome. I love that your cat for people listening <laughs> I always love a cat cameo in any conversation <laughs> the thing because this I'm I'm at my altar right now and he doesn't want anything to do with my altar normally but when I'm on a zoom call he wants everything to do with my altar and I'm like do you know I'm on a call like I don't like what is going on <laughs> uh, yeah he knows he's like what are you doing <laughs> he wants to be he's a Leo he wants to be a part of the conversation yes um, but so another question that I wanted to ask you is a question that someone asked me actually the other day because I'm a person I'm always talking about astrology and what's going on currently with it. Someone asked me why, why focus on astrology? Like why work with the moon cycles? Oh, they asked you specifically about moon cycles? Um... Yeah, like why, why work with the different moons, new moons and full moons? Ooh, that's like, a great what, question. What benefit for people who aren't really into it yet and don't really know much about it yeah that's a great question like bringing it back to basics because sometimes once we're in here it's like why wouldn't you but yeah um I think well with moons particularly they're so rhythmic they really are you know part of just being here in this physical world and there's something so helpful in recognizing that and I think the more you're kind of flowing with that moon, the more you'll you'll kind of understand yourself and like why you might feel agitated or tired or um, excited or visionary. Um, I think just beyond even, you know, which archetypes we're working with in astrology, just being kind of aware of where what the moon's doing just kind of taps you into this other rhythm. We're so in our lives running around you know on our phones doing things running errands sitting inside that you know we can sometimes forget that we're very tied into all these elements around us and I think the moon's one of the easiest ways to feel more connected to our surroundings and get back in touch with our bodies and from there to to be more in touch with our intuition so I think moons are a great place to start if you're not into astrology and just see how you feel about that and then of course like Astrology itself, I think it's not for everybody. I'm going to just say it like, I don't think everybody's going to feel connected to it in a deep way. And that's totally fine. And if you're wanting to get into it and you're curious about astrology, I think it's important how you approach it. And <laughs> I mean, that's going to be something I'm going to say. I think there's a lot of teachers out there. Um, everybody's going to have kind of a different tone, a different style, a different philosophy, even about what mm -hmm. is what um, I personally recommend 
hanging out with people and it's far beyond just me that are a little bit more fluid and a little bit more curious about the archetypes, about the subconscious, about the way spirit speaks to us really gently and subtly. Um, I think that can be really, really rewarding and actually help us to tap into a lot of empowerment. I think it can also be really disempowering if you're getting into that and it's telling you a whole bunch of negative things about you like oh well Capricorns all they care about is money and success and they're never really going to feel x y and z I think that's not very rewarding um and I would just be like yeah in that case just <laughs> don't bother yeah I always tell people like uh who aren't really into it people are always like well Amelia like my problem with astrology is that I feel like it's a label, like I feel like it's a cage. And so I always try to explain to them, yes, I, I totally hear that. Like that is definitely something that like mainstream astrology and like media like can can project on you. However, like I try to help people to shift their perspective and be like, well, what if we looked at it as like a guide instead of more of a, a cage, you know? So what would be your advice to people who are feeling kind of like caged in or defined by it? Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. My um, husband, actually, he's not into astrology or anything. And like, anytime I meet new people, they're always like, oh, what do you do? <laughs> it's always, it always ends up being the conversation for the whole evening or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I don't like this whole labeling thing. He's a double cancer, by the way, cancer, sun and moon. And um, yeah, he was just not into that. And actually he helped me really think about this question a lot because it's true. I'm not into those strict labels either. I think um, they really limit who we are and who are becoming. Honestly, my personal goal whenever I'm working with it is to be able to feel equally connected to all 12. And that as I mature and grow in my life, I'm able to tap into every single one of them. I think back in the day, like in my early 20s, I was very like, I'm a Leo because you know that was, that's my sun sign. I'm a Leo. That's who I am. Like, don't take that <laughs> identity away from me. And I felt very attached. I think that's the other side. You can definitely feel very attached to the archetype and be like, do not ever strip this from me. I will take this to my grave. <laughs> Literally, as a Leo rising, I, I totally feel that. It's like once I found out as I was a Leo rising, I'm like, oh, I'm a Leo rising, you know? <laughs> which is fun. I like that. I like when people feel empowered by an archetype. That's great. Um, but it's also really nice to explore our other aspects, you know, and I think even people who are a little bit more um, traditional astrology, you know, will point out that we have this whole chart. It's a whole world that you can start to explore about yourself. Um, and that's really an interpretive journey, I think, with the chart. I think that's such an important part of it. If you're going to start doing the chart journey, looking at your moon and your Mercury and your Mars and your Neptune and all of that, um, that it is really about the artistic poetic journey of exploring that and making meaning out of it and connecting with it. And that becomes, I think, a lifelong journey and is really, really rewarding. And it can get very complicated too. It can get overwhelming. But I definitely would say that Sticking to just one identity thing is going to leave you feeling a, like stuck and limited. So it's important to get exploratory with all of them and just play. And um, yeah, I hope yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. That's something that I've been recently realizing is like, you know, we all are all 12 signs and it's just about where in your life does does that show up for you you know so but like for people who are having trouble understanding that could you go deeper into like what you mean by that and how like in what different areas could you discover that you're all different signs mm. yeah I mean it does it gets I like always have to pull it back because it get, does get complicated very fast and people are like I don't know how to keep up with the yeah. houses and there's all these planets and there's all these signs and there's like three levels of symbolism on each level and um so yeah how do I explain this <laughs> where do I begin with this um I think 
it's good to just add layers on slowly. So yeah, you could start, start by exploring the sun sign, your rising sign, and your moon sign. That's always going to be a good beginning place and very rewarding. Um, and kind of exploring where those are sitting in your chart and how the layers build with that. For example, you know, if you have like me, I have a Leo sun in my eighth house, um, which is this death and transformation house. So it's a kind of an intense placement. You might initially hear that too, um, about a placement that you have. Well, okay, this placement's going to mean you have like bad luck or, <laughs> or, you know, everything's always going to be a struggle or it's always going to be intense. Or you're always going to be sensitive. I think the important thing is you kind of take away the archetypes from whatever that is and then play with it yourself. So, you know, for me, I've had to pretty much rewrite everything as I've worked with this over the years to like understand how that works with me personally how that's kind of been expressed through me and how I want to express that through myself. Um, and it is, it's, it gets very complicated very quickly. So, um, but yeah, just knowing that we have all 12 signs in a chart that we have 12 houses in a chart and that every planet is going to be somewhere in that chart. And we may not have anything in certain houses certain signs we could have completely empty like eight houses some people only have things in three or four houses or you could have it spread out around the whole thing so there's a world of possibility um yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i feel like what you said earlier about how it's like it's a lifelong journey like that's so true <laughs> yes it is and i think what's really fun too it for those of us who are on that lifelong journey and it keeps evolving through the years I always find that some years like I might really feel tapped into my sun sign and feel like I'm really exploring that and excavating that and then some years I will just be so exploring maybe Saturn or my rising sign or my moon sign and that's where I'm doing a lot of my exploring and developing of myself and um it's, I think it's really fun to kind of just recognize to a certain placement we might be more drawn to and feel more in alignment with at different times. Like for you, like your Leo rising, sometimes that might feel more prominent and sometimes your Capricorn sun might feel more prominent. Have you found that? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I feel like also whenever I have like the most beef with my placements in that moment is like the time where like I need to work with them you know like I feel like up there's like an upcoming cycle of like okay I'm gonna really work with my Capricorn and like see what that means for me and like why it's there you know yeah yeah and I'm gonna like turn the tables now too because as a Capricorn it's been a pretty intense journey over the last mm -hmm. I don't know how many years has it been because there was Saturn there for a while you've been working with Pluto in Capricorn since 2008 um there was a south node transit of the moon in Capricorn. So how has that been feeling for you? How do you feel speaking from the Capricorn world? Oh my gosh. From a Capricorn, those are great questions. From a Capricorn world, it feels validating learning about. So I see a therapist who's also an astrologer, best decision I've ever made in my life. Awesome. <laughs> learning about, you know, what is going on with the Capricorn archetype right now was so validating for me. And I will say that like there has been a lot of contraction in my life the past years, but being able to have that mindset switch of like, yes, this is contraction, but it is ultimately here for creating light has been such an important thing for me. But everyone with Capricorn placements that I know have been going through it, but for like that's such a divine reason, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. It's, I always love chatting with Capricorns about this because yeah, I feel like it's been a very intimate, intense journey and mm. yeah. Shout out to all people with, with Capricorn placements. Yeah, for real, for real. Do you have Capricorn in your chart? I don't actually, oh wait, Um, I have Neptune in Capricorn actually. Um. Okay. 
Yeah, which is a very interesting combo. Hmm. Um, and a good chunk of my first house is Capricorn, though I'm a Sag rising. But yeah, I yeah. Oh, you got a lot I, of fire. Though. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was part of. I was like, I'm fire. Like that's, <laughs> and I had to kind of let go of that honestly because that is part of me, but there's just so much more you know and for me it's been like super rewarding to connect more deeply with earth energy and water energy particularly water energy in my life like um that's probably taught me some of the most important lessons of my life working with water energy so pisces cancer and uh scorpio yes same i have absolutely zero water in my chart none no water placements so i've been like super drawn to water since i was little And then I grew up and learned about astrology and I was like, why do I love water so much if there's no water in my chart? And I'm like, wait, that's the reason I love water so much because there's none in my chart and I'm drawn to it. And just like the lessons that the water signs teach are just so important to me because they're like, I just, they're so opposite to me. (laughs) Yeah. They bring the balance, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm always intrigued by like energies that I don't have a lot of. I always want to like learn from them and grow from them. Like um, I, well, I do have Jupiter and Aquarius, but I have this love of Aquarians too, which is not a water sign, but I'm always looking to them. Like what are Aquarians doing? (laughs) I'm so impressed. Yeah. How are they doing it? (laughs) I want to know. Mentioning that. And I think it was the Aquarius season video you were just like I love Aquarian energy and I feel that so deeply because I it's just it's a different world to me one of my best friends is an Aquarius and I just look at her and I'm like how are you doing this like what is going on she's always like she knows first of all she knows a million people and I'm just like how do you keep up she's always just like calling in all these people and just having all these events and I'm like girl props to you like you're 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 doing great (laughs) yeah they they have a very special energy and I'm just I think but that's the cool thing it's like we feel like we we're not an Aquarian we don't have an Aquarius sun or moon or whatever but we can really imbibe those things that inspire us and you know we don't need to change who we are or anything like that but it's kind of amazing to do that exploration. Like you said, like we both with the water signs and with Aquarians. Yeah, there's so much reward in that exploration. 100%. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to switch the topic of conversation a bit and yeah. ask about if there's anything going on right now astrologically that you feel called to share with us at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, probably one of my favorite things that I get super passionate about in exploring this year 2023 as we're talking now is Saturn Saturn is maybe one of my favorite archetypes energies ideas to reframe it's I think it's so important in our culture as it is right now that we're doing that and Saturn's having a big moment because it's been in Aquarius since March 2020 and uh it's moving into Pisces, March, 2023. So it's also a great moment to just like, anytime it's shifting every two or three years to check in with it. What's our journey with it? And who are we? And I think the thing with Saturn is probably one of the first things you'll get confronted with in a astrology journey is Saturn. I feel like it's one of the first things that just it will jump out. There's this whole idea of Saturn return when you're around 29. And then again, when you're 57, 58, every 29 ish years and Saturn just kind of plays this role. And I've been fascinated by this idea of this punishing father figure, because that's often how initially it'll just kind of hit you. It's like, okay, there's this energy. It's just going to come around it's going to kick your ass. It's going to strip everything away. It's kind of going to like slap you in the face and tell you what you can't be doing anymore. And I often find like the language to be a little bit subtly, um, yeah, this punishing father energy that it just is suffused in our culture. It's a lot of the way we push through things that don't feel good, that aren't following the spark, that aren't following intuition. It's the way we kind of like talk 
a lot of us are walking around talking to ourselves from this voice that kind of the way we're describing Saturn. Um, and I know I've struggled with that. Um, and so I think it's really interesting to peel back the layers a little bit on that. Okay, why when we're looking at an energy like Saturn, that's actually much more neutral <laughs> than it at first appears, why do we have the storytelling tradition, definitely for the last 50 or so years, that it's going to kind of come in and punch you in the face and kind of almost punish you for what you haven't been getting right. People dread Saturn showing up to their sign. They dread their Saturn returns. They dread a Saturn opposition, which is when, you know, the sun is, or the Saturn is opposing something in your chart and a sign opposing it. Um, so I think that's really, really interesting. I think it's interesting that we're just wired to expect that and we know what it is immediately. Like, even if you've never done astrology before, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I know that feeling. I know all about it. Like this seems familiar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one of my favorite things to do is just take a moment with Saturn and like, look at how that motivates us or demotivates us and how we're much more likely to motivate ourselves through punishment, through retribution than we are through nourishment and root systems and stability and finding what really works for us. And for me, that's what Saturn's really about. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. As a Capricorn, I'm ruled by Saturn. So I, I totally, I feel that hundred percent. And I've been feeling like, the okay tell me if this is true or not but like I feel like the because it's changing soon into Pisces I feel like it's almost like okay this is the end of the Saturn in Aquarius like I'm gonna kind of hit you a little bit harder right now before we switch over mm. <laughs> that's kind of what I'm feeling don't know if it's just a Capricorn thing but I feel like it's just like okay, here's a wrap up of all the lessons that you've learned since March, 2020. Like, how are you going to react to them in a way that's for your highest good? <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people have been feeling big emotions. Um, anybody who's kind of like connecting in with this and thinking about it and reflecting on it. I think a lot of us are feeling whether it be, yeah, revisiting lessons or just like processing a lot of emotion as we kind of honor what just happened <laughs> the last three years, which has been huge. It's been hard. It's been scary. Um, yeah, I think it is a really emotional, I mean, we're sp speaking here at the early February. So these last weeks, I think we're going to be feeling some of that sense extra sensitivity as we honor the close of a cycle. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. That's validating. Well, not good, that <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's validating. Um, I know you mentioned some uh, kind of like questions to ask yourself when working with Saturn, but do you have any other advice for people when working with Saturn? Yeah, I think it's as somebody who loves internal family systems in the psychology field, if you're into internal family systems, I think many of us are that are into astrology. We're also very into psychology. And um, so it kind of brings us back to that and what our authority system is inside how we like parent ourselves, how we take care of ourselves. So anytime you're exploring Saturn, it's going to be a really great opportunity to think about where we, yeah, maybe we punish ourselves into getting things done or conversely, where we are kind of listening and respecting our inner child or our sensitive selves. How are we listening to that and working with that? And I think a really healthy Saturn in our lives that we're connected with and we're working with is going to be much more on the side of a very good listener, um, very willing to call it. <laughs> like if you just don't have the energy to do something to be like, I can't do that. And also I think to kind of show up to the table of things that really matter, like the courage, but feeling more of that support. So it's really a great archetype and energy and planet to explore how you motivate yourself, how you take care of yourself and how you interparent. Um, and to kind of, I think one of the fun journeys with Saturn is it might start off, you feel like you have this punishing figure that's kind of just waiting to strike you with lightning and things are going too well. Maybe we'll pull that back to it being a feeling of being held and supported. And the, 
no matter what's happening, Saturn is about this kind of deeper stability. Mm-hmm. So tapping into feeling safe um, and being alive. <laughs> so yeah. It's so always- about, like that that mindset switch where it's like the other day I had a realization that um just I don't know if it's as a Capricorn, but uh that I I tend to get in my head and be like, everything has to be so hard. But it's like my therapist reminded me, she was like, it doesn't like you, it can be soft. It can be, um, you can learn through love. It doesn't have to be so hard and intense. (laughs) I was like, I needed that. Thank you. Yeah, that is, that is kind of a Capricorn stereotype. Right. But I feel like it's unfair because most of us feel that, right? Like, just because you happen to have a Capricorn sign, it's very convenient. But I think most of us feel like that's the thing. We're all walking around holding this like tension of trying to be the best we can be, not be awkward in conversations, like handle everything, make it happen. Like that is very normalized for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think it's a very slow process that we have to take time with um, to kind of help ourselves feel more into that safety and softness. And like, we can be awkward and we can be totally fine with that because we're safe. And like, everybody is, everybody's so weird. <laughs> Come on. Like, yes, so true. <laughs> why are, it's the weirdest thing to me because we're all we're in these bodies that have all these functions and we're doing all that and we're trying to make sense of everything. And we're all walking around pretending that it's not very strange. <laughs> it's a full-time job. Like. So true. It's like, we all expect each other to like go out into the world every day and just like look perfect and act perfect. And it's like, this is not what being a human is about. <laughs> it's a very strange experience for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I definitely feel Saturn kicking my ass. Um, so how, what is this shift in from Aquarius, right? Saturn and Aquarius to Saturn and Pisces going to look like for us? Ooh, yeah. Good question. Great question. I'm so looking forward to this. Like this is, <laughs> this is my jam because I think it's a really great combination of energies. It kind of goes back to what we were saying about like how much value water signs have given to us, you and I, in our lives. Saturn has a very different feel, right, to what we think of as Pisces, which um, Pisces is the the final sign of zodiac, water ruled. It's very oceanic. It's very much about the intuitive and the spirit and kind of coming back into feeling like we're part of a giant larger whole and also coming back to this idea of the principles of inside out thinking so how we take care of how we feel and how we see is a big part of how we move through the world Mm. kind of bringing us back to those deep spiritual principles that are very not based in the physical in the practical real world scenarios that we find ourselves in which matter by the way but (laughs) <laughs> I mean, they do matter. And it's it's always important to recognize those because they affect all of us. But Pisces is not very concerned with that, right? And then Saturn comes in, which is about, we haven't really just addressed this, but you know, it's about the maturation process. It's about the experience of time, the experience of what comes through process and how we build slowly in this physical world. So initially you might think, what a weird combo because one is very much about how we do things in the real world. And one is very much about how we experience things on the spiritual. Mm. But for me, these two together, it really helps bring some balance to our process. So it brings more spirit into the practical and it brings brings more practical into the spirit where they can communicate a little more easily. I think it's also going to challenge all of us to value those things that help us feel connected to spirit and take it very seriously. So going on the walks that help us just clear our minds or whatever it is, everybody's going to have their own thing. That is going to be put forefront in our minds the next couple of years. Um, It's important. It matters. It will make a difference in your life. So that's probably the number one thing I would say for the next two years. I feel like I already feel that. I feel like that's been a kind of a theme 
the past two weeks of my life is like bringing spirit into my you know daily like monday nine to five job vibe and like how can i connect to spirit you know for 10 minutes in the middle of my day you know and i feel like <clears throat> i went through a phase where i kind of stopped doing that and it made me be like oh wow like i really value and need this connection even if it's just five minutes in my daily life in order to function <laughs> i also feel like humanity in general is evolving to be more in tune with the non-physical world so i really love this this balance of like bringing the physical into the the non-physical the unseen you know that's that's really powerful yeah yeah and i think so many of us over the last three years while it's been a very spiritual time in a lot of ways like we've really like been reflecting on like what matters and what um brings us all to life and how we do that together. I think also a lot of us have been in survival mode. Our nervous systems have not been feeling great. Like we're trying to recover from all this. And a lot of us, I think weirdly, probably they're not weirdly very naturally fell away from some of our practices as we were just trying to like deal and cope. And so it's kind of a nice re-entry to allowing ourselves to bring that back in and breathe into it a little bit more. So I think it's a very natural next step after we've just, what we've just been through. And I also loved you saying just bringing in five minutes a day, because something I think that's really important is a lot of times we feel like we have to like overhaul our lives and get very spiritual, like clear out all of Saturday and just meditate all day. And then like suddenly be, you know, and it's just a lot of pressure, but I've found that just five minutes throughout the day, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there is very powerful. So it's just a shout out to the little micro practices. Um, they're, they're so powerful. 100%. I don't remember what the saying is, but it's, it's, there's so much power in even just five minutes of some type of practice. It will create so much, a ripple effect in your whole life. It's, it's insane. And it's, it's interesting. People have also been hitting me up and like messaging me recently, like, how do I start meditating? How do I start doing this? And I'm like, interesting. <laughs> like, I feel like the world is already fueling the Pisces and Saturn coming on. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. I just got goosebumps as we're talking about this. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's a deep longing that we're having at this point for yeah, just a more practical integration of that and recognition of it, acknowledgement of it as part, an important part of everyday life, of mundane life. Um, yeah, I think we're going to be feeling big waves of that. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch it because, of course, there's been like a resurgence of new age practices and that's come with <laughs> um, more complicated implications and nice implications. It's been like a mix. But I do think that these coming next few years, it's going to be a really nice blend of acknowledging like our humanness and our, yeah, our environments matter and certain contexts matter, but that we can also, we're still totally allowed to bring in some of that deeper spiritual wisdom and just how we can work with both uh, and bring in like a very grounded respect for our spirits and for how that works in the world um yeah yeah I feel like it's also a really much needed reminder for people who have been on the spiritual journey for a while I feel like it's it's super easy for me at least to get lost in the spiritual get lost up here and be like la, 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 like which is powerful and, and amazing but also like sometimes I need to be like okay reality like <laughs> how can I combine both and like find that balance but um also isn't 2023 supposed to be a pretty watery year in general it's a real mixed bag um we have yeah we have the saturn in pisces which is going to be you know it's kind of the backbone of what's going on um we also have pluto moving this year so that's a, and it's going to be modulating between Capricorn, which it has been in since 2008, um, and Aquarius. It's going to peak into Aquarius in March, also actually March 23rd. Wow. So we're going to start working with Pluto in a completely different sign. 
it's going to take almost two years for it to settle fully into Aquarius. So we're also going to be working with a completely new 20 year cycle. Wow. 20 years. Um, and dipping into that, uh, we have a Venus retrograde in 2023 in Leo in August. So that's going to be really fun. <laughs> I think it's fun. I always think things that people are like, I think I'm just like, I just can't help it when somebody thinks something's not fun. I'm like, it's going to be fun. <laughs> like I'm determined. Yes. To find the poetry. Yeah. <laughs> um, that'll be really beautiful. So, and we're going to have a no node change as well. So the nodes of the moon, the North node right now is, yeah. So we're going to be shifting into a completely new energy cycle with that in May, I believe. So there's a lot moving this year. It's going to be a very transitional year into a lot of new energy cycles, which I'm excited about. I feel like most people are feeling a, a deep readiness for something. <laughs> oh, 100%. I feel like it's, like you said earlier, it's so aligned. It's like after the past two years that we've been having, it's like, okay, like we're, we're ready to shift some things now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, it feels, it feels really aligned. Um, and then I, not to bring it back to Saturn again, but this whole Saturn and Aquarius cycle, are you doing any practices or just keeping anything in mind to close out the Saturn and Aquarius cycle? That's an awesome question. Yes. Um, Yes, definitely. I think the biggest thing I'm doing um, right now is taking just time to honor and acknowledge the process. I think it's so easy to downplay what we may have learned, the wisdom we have gained, the process we have been through. You know, we kind of just, because it's slow and steady. And anytime you're working with Saturn, it's about how something builds over the course of two or three years and not overnight. And so we sometimes won't even see the things that we have gained um, in our wisdom, in our ability to communicate or express or feel. And so I think it's very important to acknowledge all that that we've gained, just take a eagle's eye view of it and really embrace that. And I think it's also really important to yeah, process the hard emotions, like what we lost along the way, what we have to grieve. I think I'm definitely needing to take time for that because <laughs> I think most of us, you know, we went into early 2020 in one headspace and certain things just left along the way. And it's so important, I think, to take time to feel that and acknowledge it so just really giving some space over the next few weeks to feel all of that and um yeah I also love that you mentioned earlier IFS it was such a synchronicity for me I was just ranting a few nights ago to my friends about IFS which you mentioned earlier but it stands for internal family systems correct right mm -hmm. yeah but um <clears throat> I have been feeling like the call to like do some IFS work recently. So I love that you mentioned that, but it's for me at least, and for my friends, it's been hugely important to work with, and people always talk about inner child work, but I found that also like inner teen work is so important too. Like, <laughs> like I've been working with my inner teen through IFS as well. And just working with those parts of you. And like you said, giving space for them to be seen and heard. And a practice that I love to do is just sit in meditation and just ask like, okay, what parts of me right now want to be seen and to be heard and just listen and, and process with yourself. Like there's so much work that can be done by just giving space. Like it's so powerful. Yes. Yes. Spaciousness is really, I think the thing our spirits and all the different internal parts of ourselves are longing for, right? Like I think being in this world, we often feel kind of like compressed. So when we sit in meditation or we sit in reflection, it's like, and we just give some space. Oh my gosh. It just feels like 
you can breathe fully and yeah, the, um, answers come in really amazingly following that thread when you just open up. <laughs> it's amazing who will show up from inside. <laughs> I would like to honor your time. So we're going to move into the speed round. So the first question is, do you have a favorite book or just a book that you've been resonating with a lot recently? I love one book that's been out for a couple of years now is The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. Mm. Um, so good. Martha Beck is just one of my North stars in life. So highly recommend anything she does. Amazing person. Um, and an awesome book. Awesome. I will make sure to link that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, and then do you have a spirit animal or an animal that you resonate a lot with? Oh man. I feel like this changes for me throughout time. Um, what's been coming up for me in re this is very strange is the Jaguar, um, the last year or so, which is surprising to me because I haven't particularly been feeling like Jaguar presence. So, um, we'll see where that leads. <laughs> I love that. I love Jaguar medicine. That's really magical. Yeah. Next question is, do you have a favorite song or just a song that's been resonating with you most recently? Mm, oh man, there's so many songs I love, but I do love Midnight Radio um, from Hedwig and the Angry Inch <laughs> for anybody who's ever seen that or listened to that. Um, it's an awesome film from 2001. Okay. Hedwig and the Angry what? Inch, okay. like the unit of measurement. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's like we don't have the time for me to even tell you <laughs> what it's about. Um, it's just, yeah, you'll you'll find out. <laughs> um, next question: Do you have a favorite plant or herb? I am a cilantro freak. Yeah. I will do anything for cilantro. And now that I live like in the Nordics, because I live in um, Stockholm, Sweden. It's not as like you can buy it, but it's expensive. <laughs> like I come from Arizona where you can just buy like 50 cents giant thing of cilantro. So yeah. Interesting. I wonder why it's more expensive over there. I think just up north, not as much grows. So everything has to be transported and it's not as common of an herb either. I think people just don't eat it up here as much. So okay. yeah. I love cilantro too. Oh, so good. <laughs> I put it on so many things. Everything. <laughs> this is weird, but I put it in my smoothies sometimes. I know that sounds strange. Bold, but... bold move. <laughs> so good. Um, all right. Next question is, what are your big three? We know you're a Leo Sun, Sag Rising, right? Yes. Leo Sun, Sag Rising, and Virgo Moon. Me too. Oh, really? That's so fun. Yes, I love it. And Virgo Moon used to be the bane of my existence. Like, I was always like, oh, it's so annoying that I'm a Virgo Moon. But once again, in exploring, and that it's been many years since I felt that way, but like, I've come to really respect it. And it's such an awesome, meaningful, deep placement. So yeah. cheers yeah. to us. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say like, back when I first found out about astrology, I used to be like, um, if anyone knows anyone who's a Virgo moon, send them my way. We can create a group because we need help. <laughs> but it, you're right. I'm learning to see like the beauty and the fun in it. Yeah. I think once you, and that's one of the beautiful things I think about exploring ourselves, it's like you can learn what you need to do for yourself. I think, especially with moon science, because that's so much about, you know, how we process emotion and how we move through the world, understanding, like we need, a little bit of peace and quiet we need a little bit of structure we need a little bit of some uh, like spaces and environments that can hold us that's so useful <laughs> to realize and acknowledge 100 percent. yeah um next question is do you know your human design i only i can't remember i every once in a while dabble in human design um so no <laughs> Oh, a manifesting generator, manifesting generator. Ooh, okay. I could totally, yeah. I love a manifesting. What generator. about you? What are you? Um, I'm a generator. Got all the energy, all the ideas, always buzzing. Nice. <laughs> um, next question. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Mm -hmm. 
the love of my life. <laughs> Question, do you have a favorite season? Mm. I think it's it's not the traditional season. It is the meeting point between summer and fall. So late summer, early autumn is very magical to me. Mm. This might be a hard question, but do you have a favorite astrological season? Ooh, that is a hard one. I feel like the ones that I like love are, um, I love cancer season, but they almost always end up being really emotionally intense for me. <laughs> like I'm always like, I'm feeling this, this is so amazing. And then I almost always go through some kind of deep process in it, so. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> well that 100%. The Cancer Moon during Capricorn season always gets me mm. so much. Like mm. so much. Beautifully, but so much. Yeah, it's a really tender time of year. Like uh Capricorn season is a tender time of year. I think that that's something that when you look think about Capricorn stereotypes, you're like, well, it's just going to be like I don't know, getting business done or something, but for me it's like one of the most sensitive seasons of the year. So yeah. Oh that's awesome. I feel so validated by this whole conversation with you. <laughs> oh, yay. I'm glad. <laughs> um, next question. Do you have a favorite element? Ooh, I mean, I think I'm always going to go back to fire. Uh, I feel so inspired by it and I love it. I'll, yeah. But water, water is going to be close behind. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, how do you work with fire? Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like actually I've been far away from fire for a few years and maybe that's why I answered that now because I'm like coming back into more of that fire feeling. Um, but I mean, I burn a lot of candles as I'm sure many of us do around here. Um, and I love a good like bonfire <laughs> moment. Um, so yeah, I'll just sit with flames. Um, I love to also meditate on kind of fiery goddess energy so like Pele type of energy um which is kind of intense because that's all about like feeling your anger and it's hard for a lot of us <laughs> so yeah I think exploring anger exploring like fierceness through kind of meditating on flames yeah yes uh, I resonate with that a lot oh nice uh, Last question in our speed round is, do you have a favorite place or location in the world? Mm, there's so many amazing places. Uh, I do really, um, my like birthplace, um, I've developed such a deep love of it, which is like the Southwest of the US. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, that's always gonna be a place that's just, I'm so deeply connected to it, the energy of it, the like the feeling of it, so. I, you know, I'll go back there time and again, even though I live so far away now, but yeah, it's, it's really special. It is. It's very unique too. The first time I went there, I was like, this is crazy. And then driving from the airport in Phoenix to Sedona, I'm weird about biomes. I have this weird obsession with biomes. I know the biome changed like three or four different times. I swear. Yeah. I'm used. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's really cool that way, that particular drive. And if you keep going all the way to Flagstaff, it keeps changing. It's crazy. Like, yeah, you can go through like everything all the way up to Alpine, like tundra, if you get up to the mountains. Yeah, it's wild. So, yeah. I, I need to go and just like point out all the biomes and the people I'm with will be like, what in the world? <laughs> that will be awesome I think you should definitely do that <laughs> all right well I want to end up with asking you if there's anything that you offer uh, and then I'll for sure leave all of your links down in the description below your YouTube channel and everything but yeah what do you offer right now yeah. So right now, um, yeah, you of course can find me on YouTube and I'm always, I post every single week there about whatever's coming up, whatever's going on. Um, and I also have my Patreon, which has been really like such a cozy place for me because we all like 
communicate and talk about what's going on there. So I offer weekly rundowns of the week and on my upper tier we do zoom calls every co a couple of times a month so um that's a really great little community i'm so lucky to have it um so those are my two big things right now uh and then of course uh you can find me on instagram and on youtube and how to contact me in those places as well so yeah perfect thank you so much for being on i feel like i could have definitely continued this conversation for so long and picked your mind about astrology for so long so i'll have to have you on for a second time sometime yes that would be so much fun i've had such a great time connecting with you fellow virgo moon <laughs> um that's amazing i love it it's been so awesome to yeah spend this time and get to explore together so thank you for having me